You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. All right. Rock and roll. I like that. I like that attitude. Let's rock and roll. I like that you're into this now. I think the first time you were down here, you were like, "Who's my crackpot son and what's a podcast? But now you're like, this is fun. Now I'm nervous because I don't want to (laughs) screw up because... I know people are listening to this thing. You might have to edit me all the way out. (laughs) Uh, This is Socks in the Basement. It's found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Had a great Christmas. We waited until today to put out the show because I wasn't going to record a show on Christmas. If you would have heard me and my father talking White Sox baseball on Christmas Eve, if we would have recorded that conversation, it would have been funny to us. But I, I don't think it would have been funny to anybody else. We would have been, I was, I was drinking on Christmas Eve. I had the uh, the 14.7% uh, Bourbon County Stouts that you just laughed at that I was drinking those. Should have just drank three bottles of wine, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the big news breaking last night. MLB Network, just an hour ago. Look at the look on your face. This is all, it's all bull. MLB Network, John Heyman, mouthpiece for Scott Boris, is on MLB Network telling everybody it's two teams for Bryce Harper. You haven't you haven't heard this yet because your finger's not on the pulse. No, I have not heard this. No, okay. The Dodgers, and who do you think the other team is that he says, in on Bryce Harper right now, it's going to be one of these two teams. The Cubs. Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. Wow. Dad, you're smart. You're why smart. Not? Why not? This why is not? why, you know, Dave being out of town and and having my father come in and fill in, I like this. Because look at look at the look at the brain on Dad. He do, he's in on White Sox Twitter. He's not getting whipped up about any of this stuff. He's watched enough baseball and seen enough Scott Boros crap to know exactly what happened. It is. Right now, the mouth one of the mouthpieces for Boros is on MLB Network proclaiming that it's down to two teams, the Dodgers and the Cubs. Never mind the fact that the Cubs have no more money available today than they had two weeks ago. Never mind the fact that after the Dodgers first basically came right out and denied that they were in for a big deal when it was reported by an L.A. publication, which we talked about on this show just about a week or so ago. And they came right out to deny it. And they've stated multiple times we're not interested in long-term deals. But even after they made the move that they did to clear some space, they made they made that deal with the Cincinnati Reds, they still would go far over the luxury tax to get Harper. And they're not giving him a long-term deal. But here's Scott Boris, realizing that nobody's talked about his client for several weeks. Everything's about Manny Machado. Manny Machado uh, is playing Santa Claus with Yonder Alonso on their Instagram the other night. Okay, everybody's talking. Uh, no, nobody, nobody's caring. Nobody even mentions Bryce. Bryce is nowhere to be seen. So the day after Christmas, Merry Christmas is a Scott Boros rumor, and I don't buy any of it. Well, you can't trust Scott Boros. No. Ever since uh, the Alex Fernandez, uh, ever since then, and he he cut a deal with the White Sox, and uh, him and Jerry Reinsdorf shook shook on this deal, and they had dinner, and then he went right out and shopped him to another team. Yeah, well, that's yeah, and, so. You know I what? I don't think the white he's gonna the White Sox are gonna are not gonna just give in to him. They're gonna no. I think the Sox not, have set they a don't price. trust him. They're never gonna trust no, him. No, the Sox have set a price. Sox have set years. 
I think the Sox have done research. I know that there's people who are just negative about the White Sox and think that they're too stupid to figure all these things out. They've given a competitive offer that probably is the most appealing one that's sitting out there right now, and they're basically saying we're not bidding against ourselves. And Boris is is like, nobody's talking about my guy. The Phillies went and made moves because they're not going to wait around. Okay, I can't get the Yankees interested in it. The Dodgers, uh, they, they are not interested in a long-term deal. I'm going to create a team. He tried to pump up the Dodgers, and, and it didn't work. So now he's trying to pump up the Cubs because what aggravates Jerry Reinsdorf more than anything in the world? The Cubs. He brings up the Cubs like they play in our division. Listen, Jerry Reinsdorf has made millions of dollars in real estate. And believe me, that's all negotiations and dealing with people. Right. And he sits around, and he's given a price, and he said, this is it. And now he's sitting back. He right. don't, he's not even worried about this. I, I, I'm not worried about it either. I am not changing my stance. You know, I had a guy hit me up on Twitter. I know that you find this social media stuff to be stupid. And I do, too. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I, I'd much rather broadcast. And when I, if I were still a radio broadcaster, I would never use social media. But I have to use it so that I can get the word out about the show and spread the word about it. And I appreciate everybody that retweets what we send out and you know, likes the Instagrams and follows us on Facebook and everything like that. But I had a guy, no, it wasn't on Twitter. Well, I had a few people on Twitter who were mad about the fact that I said, I like the White Sox plan and I'm not worried and I'm confident that they're going to get Harper or Machado. Okay. And then I had somebody on a Facebook page, like a group page where just fans can get together and talk post right underneath my, my episode. After I've been on this page for you know, six, seven months since we started the podcast because I reached out to some of the pages so I could get the word about the podcast. If we don't get Harper or Machado, we're throwing you off the page. That's exactly what my reaction was, too. I laughed when I read it, and I was like, I don't care. Throw me off the page I, because, because there's so much angst and everybody's so worried about it. Has there ever been a time in your mind now after all of your years of watching White Sox baseball, Dad, that people were so intense in an off-season period, especially because I don't think we should be intense. I mean, there's a couple of guys that are big out there that I'd like to go get. But has there ever been a thing where you're like, man, the Sox really need to go get this guy? And people were like, to the point of almost being irrational, because this is this is crazy how people are getting angry at each other over, no, 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 we're getting them. No, we're not getting them. People are having these, these arguments right now over this instead of just waiting and seeing what happens. Have you ever had like an off-season of angst? I don't know. There was a few few years there when we lost players that people were upset about when they left. I mean, back in the '70s when Richie Zisk was played for the Sox, and you kind of hoped he would come. They back were really hoping he would come back and play and give okay. him money, and nobody gave him the money because of Sox. Beck, Beck had no money. Was that and one of those things going in the off season? Off Sox season, fans, you knew they Sox were going to lose. Sox fans were like, guys. "We're probably not going to get Zisk." Right. And, and we then, lost a lot of players. Okay, and then you know, and then and then I you know, and then you see things like even in 2005 when when. When uh, people were aggravated because we were going to go play in uh, what's what's his name Harris at second base was his name we're going to put Willie Harris Willie Harris going to play second base all the way through Sox Fest because yeah. people were yelling people at Kenny were Williams wanna, about you know it's time to make a change here right. and people were excited about that like we could be a pretty good team if we actually had a second baseman right at this point you know I I I don't know I mean it'd be nice to get uh, Bryce Harper I mean it'd be better than right field than our guy we just got rid of Garcia but I mean. Uh, but, you know, if we don't get him, we don't get him. Right? I'm not torn up about it if we don't no, get him. No. And I feel like we wasted a lot of time talking about him. So, I mean, I don't want to make the whole show about it. But I just think it's funny that this is like, it's a slow news week, folks. It, it, it was Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Scotty woke up and didn't have, you know, the contract he wanted. And his client wasn't paying much attention. You know, Bryce had to go out and get presents for Mrs. Bryce. 
Bryce had to go, uh, you know, make sure he went and saw, you know, family, friends. Uh, Bryce, Bryce had a lot to do this week. And then Bryce woke up, and it was December 26th, and goes, Hey, Scott, did you tell me by Christmas? It's the day after Christmas. And now all of a sudden on MLB Network, you got this. That's how I think this went it, down. It's, it's, it's his job to push his client. And if he can push him around to some other people, and hopefully somebody will jump, get excited about it, and up the price, and up this or up that. Like I said, I think the White Sox are sitting back. They've got, they give him a number. They've given him a number already. And he's trying to up that number so he can up that number to the White Sox. Because that's his game. It's always been his game. Right. You get another get, get another $2 million off of this or get another $10 million off of this. And he's done this all the time. So he's shopping his client around other people. And that's what they pay him the money to do. And, you know, it's up to Harper at the end before it's over with. I think they said January. That's what I heard about a month ago. They right. said probably sometime in Machado January. Machado, too, said in the New Year. I, I think you're still going to see that in January. Yeah. And if we don't get them, we don't get them. I don't think we'll, I'll live. Well, we'll still have I a still, lot of money to spend next I year. I still feel good about what this team is doing. And I think that eventually you'll end up with your stars. And if you're lucky enough to get one of them, great. And I still think that they're in the running. And I still believe they're going to get one of them. Because I think you would have to have a player say, I'm going to take less. I think Manny Machado is going to end up having to take less to go play for the Yankees. Bryce Harper is going to have to take less years or less money to play for somebody other than the White Sox. If they want to take less, there's nothing. you can't blame the organization. And I love to yell about the organization. I yell about the organization all the time. I get aggravated, but I I just don't see them offering less than these other teams. I don't think that's what the case is. Maybe I'm nuts though. No, I, I don't. I, 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 I mean, look, you've been around for a long time. You've been a Sox fan for a long time. There are there are people who literally believe that the White Sox aren't willing to spend money. That, that this will be because they lowballed. This will be because they're cheap. And I don't I don't think that's the no. Reason. They'll spend the money if they if they have a, if they have an opportunity put this team together they'll they'll spend the money for the players i mean they've got burned on money they spent uh, they signed that pitcher the novaro i believe he was uh, from the cubs years Jamie ago Navarro. yeah look at and you they pulling got that one out burned on that one look at you, I, right. I love how you're like you're, yeah. you're, you're holding jamie navarro angst yeah. jamie navarro anger socks in the basement socks in the basement Socks in the basement. One of the things we didn't want to do for the holidays is just take off for a couple of weeks. That said, Dave's out of town visiting in-laws. We took a break from trying to scheduling guests. It's hard to do. And we're trying to spend our time focusing on what we're going to do for SoxFest weekend and the weeks leading up to it. So here's what's ahead for Socks in the Basement. Next week's episode will be a special New Year's Eve edition. You're not going to want to miss it. Expect some surprises and fun. Dave will be back for that. The next week after that, things are going to ramp back up to what you would expect from Socks in the Basement and then some. We got big plans for Socks Fest that we're putting together. We got big giveaways for you. And we are working out some really cool events. Between now and then, find us on Twitter, at Socks in the Basement. Find us on Instagram, Socks in the Basement. Find us on Facebook.com slash Socks in the Basement. Or call us anytime. 708-459-8406. 708-459-8406. Anything you want to talk about, we'll address it. Even if you want to tell me what you got for Christmas this year. I got sax tickets from Erica for Christmas this year. Oh, really? They have a, like a package thing now where you can get four. It was I could get lower deck. This, I love the promotions. And I think promotions really tell you a lot about how the team itself views the season. See what I'm saying? 
like the team itself does not see themselves as a major contender or the team I don't think would offer the deal that she was able to get. She spent $65 or something like that, I think. And I, I, I somewhere in that, and she got four ticket vouchers. Good for the lower deck. And it can be used in any combination. So I can just bring four people one day. And it's and anywhere from um, like the corner outfield, okay, wrapping to center field. So it's corner, corner just when you first start coming down the line and then all the way out in the outfield, any of those seats there. And I got four vouchers. I can use them individually. I can use two at a time, use another one. It doesn't matter, but they're mine. I can use them whenever I want to use them. And the great thing is that there's no blackouts with the exception of a couple of dates. And this is, again, how you know that this is a team that I don't think is looking at themselves like, we're going to be selling out this year. We're going to, we're going to, Bryce Harper's going to come and we're going to be, we're going to be, the turnstiles are going to be humming because the only blackout dates that I can't use it for is I can't use it for opening day. I can't use it for the two Cub games and I can't use it for two Saturday games. Which two teams, the Saturday they come into town, can I not use the tickets for? Boston and the Yankees? Yep. That's exactly when I can't use it. I can use it for anything else. That, That right there is just so telling. Like they're like we're gonna get big we're gonna get big numbers in there not because White Sox fans want to go see those games because Yankee fans are coming and because Red Sox fans are coming to those games. Don't get me started on Yankee fans. What's your problem with Yankee fans? Well, I think if you live in New York, you should be a Yankee fan. Right. If you live in Chicago, you shouldn't be a Yankee fan. I had a guy next door to me. He walked around with a Yankee hat on. He was ninety years old. I was convinced he was probably like a transplanted New Yorker. He had never been to New York in his life. He was ninety years old. He had a Yankee hat on his head. I'm, you know, I, I, I've seen the Yankees way So you back. have no problem with the Yankee fans that are from New York? Oh, God, no. They should come here and rip our or team. if you're from, like, Des Moines, and you just want to pick a team, and you're like, I, I don't have a Major League Baseball team. Be a Yankee fan. Sure, if you want to be one. Right. But if you're from Chicago, you should pick one of the you two teams. You should be that one or the other. You'd rather be a Cub fan than a Yankee fan. You have more respect for the Cub fan. Yeah, because they're rooting for their team in, from their city. That. I think, think about, about that. that. I don't even, like, mention anything <laughs> about that. But. I, I, I had to think about that. <laughs> it's the middle of the show song. 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 Chris had nothing to put here, so he put this song. It's the middle of the show song. <laughs> I remember in his early 60s, in, a, in, a, in his early 60s, they used to they used to remote the place, come out and have a picnic out in left field and uh, get a hot dog and Where? a Coke. Frankly, no one went to those games. A picnic? No one went to those games in the old days. See, I think everybody thinks that they were always like the big fish in town. And, uh, no, nobody nah, came to White nah, Sox they games. weren't always big fish in town. White Sox Warriors were a better team. White the, Sox were the, the bigger. In the 50s, the, the White Sox were the better team all that, all that time. Did they get the support Even back through then? the 60s. Did they get the support? Yeah, they had pretty good crowds all the time. People showed up for yeah, it. Yeah. So what, what changed? Well, I don't know. It's just I think it's just because they got this atmosphere around them now down the there, atmosphere that they're Wrigley and it's Wrigley's a great ballpark people kind of bought into the whole yeah, thing. and they kind of bought into that and people on the roofs in the old days they were sitting up there in a in a folding chair now they now they put uh, they actually build buildings that are built for just having people on the roof right and uh you know so they kind of got that atmosphere and then the Rocher came and they thought they were going to win the win the pennant and and uh I mean, they put together a pretty good team, but they just didn't have any depth in the team. They just they just didn't have enough to push themselves over the top, and that's when they really started drawing. And that's when the Sox really went in the toilet in the in the uh, in sixty. So it was like a 60s. perfect storm. They started to draw. The Sox went down. Way went downhill, and then okay. and then and then uh, we ended up. Bill Vec kind of saved the team 
in the seventies because it was weird. They were thinking about selling them and sending them to Florida. They were always going to Florida. And, well, they were going to uh, sell. Reinsdorf was going to take. Well, them to yeah, Florida. and then Vec bought the team, and Vec put the team back on the map with the, all this crazy stuff he did. It was so much fun to go to the ball game. My favorite opening day was when he gave out styrofoam baseballs, and uh, everybody got a styrofoam baseball, and so everybody was going to throw out the first pitch. So throw out the first pitch. Everybody throws styrofoam. So baseballs. The, the, the promotion was they give out the everybody gets to throw out the first pitch, and it's a styrofoam and the baseball. The idea was. They'll throw it once. We'll clean them up. We'll be done. Yeah, right. But, but it didn't work that way. No, it didn't work. The whole game, everybody's throwing styrofoam baseballs. It was the funniest <laughs> thing you see. There's styrofoam baseballs flying through the air the entire game. They're picking them up in the outfield. They're, it, was, it was a big mess, but it was fun. <laughs> he used to walk around the ballpark in his, with his peg leg. Really? Oh, yeah. He had a peg leg. He'd walk around with the peg leg. And he was very, he was very approachable. I mean, he was, he talked to you all the time. He'd just come out and hang out with you. Oh, he'd, he, if you said hello to him, he'd say hello to peg leg. And I'm, I'm, I know I'm supposed to know all the history. No, he had a piece of wood, just like a pirate. Like from his knee down? I, yeah, I believe so. I think it was, I think it was up a little bit. But you could tell that it was a peg leg? He, he, he he let you see it. Oh, he let you see it. Oh, he let you see it. You knew it was a peg leg. So we had a peg leg owner. Yeah. That walked around with, in shorts with his wooden peg leg. Yeah, he was, he was great. I mean, he was, he was a showman. I mean, he was, it was, it was always fun out there. He used to let you bring your own beer in the ballpark. I love him. I don't. I, I. I love him. I've never met him, and I love him. People would be standing in the in the in the uh, uh, out in a parking lot, filling up coolers or a case of beer, and you'd be pouring your beer in a cooler, and then you went in, and all you had to do is buy. You wouldn't let you bring a cup in, so oh. you had to buy one beer, and then you'd get a cup, and then the rest of the game you just used your. You just use your cooler that you brought in. So wait, wait, the cooler you had cans in the cooler. You put, no, you put no, not no. You poured a beer into a. Oh, so you could bring in a beer in any container you wanted. It to, couldn't be cans, though. but you it couldn't it. be canned. Right, no bottles of. No, course. you'd fill up like so a big thermos. You would just fill yeah. up a large container. So guys are walking in like one guy's oh, holding a cooler them. from the front. Another guy's got it from no, the no, back. No, no, no. You got it. It's sloshing. It was, no, it's a thermos. It was. A, oh, it's a, just a thermos. A thermos. When you okay. fill it up, so you can get one that had two gallons. You said styrofoam cooler. I thought like no, one no, of those no. big things you get at no, the jewel. Br- no, you pour it in. Just, a- and you just poured a bunch of beers into it, and got, there's like some dr- two drunks trying to carry in like you know twelve gallons of beer, slash around a cooler, and then they buy one, and they're just <laughs> dipping it in there and pulling it out in the outfield. It was it was kind of funny. Everybody parking their car and they'd be standing out there drinking cans of beer and pouring all of it in these thermos or before guys. How did the Cubs? How did the Cubs beat that? Uh, they, they, <laughs> the baseball team was terrible, oh, but, they, but we had a good time. Used to keep it cool. Used to be a fool. All about the bouncing master. Watch it on the news. What you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget. Used to keep it cool. Okay, so. You guys want to start a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. What we need to do is start from scratch. There's lots of podcasts. Like six of them now. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve podcasts that I'm doing a week. I come down here into the bar. I drink all day long and I do podcasts. My wife is like, "You have a problem." I love your new and it's job, not the, Chris. It's not the drinking; it's the podcast. There's too many of them. Should I keep it light? Stay out of the fight. No one's gonna listen to me if I write a song preaching what is wrong. Will they let me sing on TV? Should I keep it light? You're gonna eat lightning. You're gonna crap thunder. Is that right? You're gonna be a greasy <laughs> Italian tank.
Growing up on a podcast. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. The EP podcast. 30 minutes of good in a world of dumb. We don't burn the whole house down. I think what's interesting this year, what the team is going to do is they're going to try to put Daniel Pelka in the corner outfield. And they're going to like, I mean, that's, that seems to be the backup plan. <laughs> if, if Bryce Harper doesn't sign. And I just think that's going to be a comedy. I think of he errors. might be the worst right fielder. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, people laugh about <laughs> Kyle Schwarberg. I think yeah. they're going to see a real show in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, like, like, I mean, I just, like, here's the thing. I he looks like, like a nice guy, and he can oh, really he hit the ball. Like a, I, he can hit the yeah. ball a mile, but I don't know about his offensive Listen, capa- his defensive capabilities. Here's the thing. I I love uh, the attitude. I love the post game. I love the uh, I love the walk-offs. I love everything about what he does. I, I think it's a blast, okay? I love the fact that, suspiciously enough, the White Sox have taken a guy, and, and you you haven't really paid very much attention to this, but White Sox Twitter is kind of a thing. Like, it's like, it's really, it's like a bunch of guys, they all follow each other and they all just talk about the team and they all go drinking with each other and everything else. Then we talk to a bunch of the guys, we met some of them at the games and a lot of them follow the podcast and everything like that. And one of the, one of the bastions of White Sox Twitter, and they've been mentioned a couple of times by Jason Benetti, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, Jason Benetti is actually mentioned on the tone of broadcast, the 108, which is like this really thin section out in right field. And, um... These guys, they, I, I, we've met him. I've met him before. They, they, you know, they, they, they sit up towards the front of the section. Um, they started making like T-shirts. They call when they're drinking, one awaiting. I'm one awaiting out there. You see what I'm saying? And their, their folk hero is Pelka. Pelka wears number 18. I've already seen doctored images on the internet now where they've added a zero. And he's wearing number 108. He tweets 108. And this year, the consolation, if you don't get Bryce Harper, is... You get your folk hero in your section. And that's what the White Sox are doing. Like, I mean, I think it's sneaky, but that's what they're doing. They're sneakily saying, well, you didn't get anything this year, but we're going to put Pelka out there to have fun with his boys. He's going to be right next to the bar. He's going to be sitting right next to the 108. It's like his crowd down there. And it's supposed to make you forget that we, we kind of got rid of Garcia. We didn't really have any answer. We're still rebuilding. But enjoy 81 games of your boy out in right field. Cause I think that Jimenez will end up in left because they've been talking about, it. I think this defense might be a little suspect and he needs to work up or whatever. So I really think it's a good possibility. Pelka right field folk hero type thing. Nobody, people care less about the losing because of the fun they're having out there with, with their guy. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I just, to me, he doesn't strike me as a very good defensive player. He's got an arm. He, he, but, you know, it's just a matter of maybe if they, I don't know he, how maybe he's working on it right now, the play right field, but I see him really as a DH more than well, anything Well, that's else. what I thought he was going to be, but they're not going to put Alonzo in the outfield, and they're going to play Alonzo and, and Abreu almost every day together in that lineup. So now he's got, and they've already said that they're going to, Pelko's going to be a corner outfielder. So he's going to be out there. You're, you you might see them doing a platoon in the outfield where they put, you know, depending on who makes the team, because I, I never thought Nicky Delmonico would see another day in Major League Baseball, but I haven't heard anything that makes me believe that they're moving on from him next year. So you might see him and Pelka switching off. You might see both of them on the team at the start of the year, and then Yimenez comes up and one of them goes because Leary Garcia is like, stick him. He never comes off of our hands. He's just going to be there forever. I don't know why. They love him. They love him. They love him. He plays a lot of positions. I think that's, that's the only reason. 
I he's just versatile it. utility guy. But he plays a lot. He's not here in two years. So I guess to me, like I look at a guy and I go, could he be here in two years? And if he can't, I'm not as interested. Well, a lot of things changes if they do sign one of these big free agents that they're looking for. Either one of them, they'll change things. Right. Well, I mean, and that's what I'm hoping for. But I every once in a while I sit there and I, I mean, think Anderson could end up in the outfield. They're not gonna move in the outfield. And and Han already sat there and said he wouldn't move Moncada to the outfield. Like it was a, not even being thought of. Okay. Which I thought I thought that might be in a possibility. Well, then if they if they put Anderson at third and they have and no, they want Machado to go to third. If they put Machado at third and then and Anderson it, is going to stay where he's well, at. Well, then Yomer becomes the utility player and right. and, and Louis Garcia becomes. Well, Leary was never going to come into the infield though. Well, they pretty much were making him well, an outfield. He actually outfield has an infield. They've actually played him. In I know. Infield, though. I know they played him at the infield. I, I just, I mean, at some point you think it, you think his time runs out at some point, but they seem to maybe maybe he's uh, maybe he's Ricky's boy. Maybe Ricky Ricky loves him. You know. Yeah. Maybe he does. I think I in a couple think, years it only matters. I, think, if, I don't think Ricky's going to love if there's a lot of errors in right field. I know no, that. I don't think Ricky's going to like that. No, he's not going to appreciate that. No, he's not going to like that. Um, but then again, in the end, it might just matter about who uh, Omar Vizquel likes because <laughs> that, they might be eventually the guy you have to impress. <laughs> Anytime you see, I mean, here's another. Now, here's another question. I, I love when I ask these questions because you must be like, he just keeps pointing out that I'm old. Okay. But you've seen a lot of White Sox games. Okay. A few. You've been around them for a while. There's got to be an example of a manager that started in the minors and worked his way up. Can you think of one during your time or a guy that almost like it felt like he was going to eventually be the manager? Because it feels like Vizquel. La Russa like, brought himself up. There, La Russa right? came up? La Russa was a minor you, league You remember manager. I'm a kid, yeah, so he, I mean, I'm only 41 he, he years old. He was a minor league manager. To me, I just remember Tony La Russa being the manager. brought himself up. Okay. I mean, uh, so he yeah. came up through our system. Yeah, he was. Came he up, he, came he, up he came up system. through our system, and and I mean, we've lost a lot of did guys. Did it feel like he was going to be the manager eventually for the team? Did you ever? Did, they did, talked did people, about that. Did people pay attention to prospects and minor and league managers and stuff well, like people to, do now? I, mean, I used to look and see who they had down there. Okay, they, would they go to? Were they building to something in the early '80s? Was that like something that felt like that they were, or did did '83 come out of nowhere? No, they. You know what? What? What they did was, that was about the time when uh, the big move was when uh, uh, Reinsdorf and uh, Ihorn bought the White Sox, they went out and they signed uh, Carlton Fisk. Okay. And that was a big shock move. And everybody said, that's Carlton Fisk is never going to play for the White Sox, da 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 Oh, God, that sounds familiar. And yeah, and he ended up playing for the White Sox, and you know, and he was he was the he was the big player that came there and, and kind of helped put that team together. And then uh, LaRusso was there, and then they kind of put a team, they put together a, a, a really good ball club, and they were very effective. Before we're done. Harold Baines is he a Hall of Famer? I thought Harold Baines was a great ball player. And did, I think I did think, you think he was a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I was. I wasn't surprised by it. I you weren't surprised by it at all. No, I know. I see no. a lot of people are, are looking at numbers now, saying, "Oh, he didn't have the right numbers, and he shouldn't have got it." Da, da, da. You know what? That's a lot of noise. This is the that's their media. That's this media from ESPN. There must have been somebody on the East Coast that didn't get it. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I never watched any White Sox games. Who are the White Sox? Yeah. Another show is wrapped up, another show's in the books, another show is wrapped up, and then by the looks it's gonna be a good one, and we'll see you next week. And the dude is baseman, and the dude is baseman. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement.
Pac-Man's Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Socks in the Basement. <laughs> Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.